Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. When the EPA declares your neighborhood to be a Superfund site, that's bad. But on this episode of Parts Per Billion, we explain why it can actually be worse when the EPA says your neighborhood is not a Superfund site. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. East Chicago is a town of around 30,000 that's situated in Indiana, right on the Illinois border. It's about 30 or so miles south from Wrigley Field as the crow flies, and the most important aspect of the town, at least for the purposes of this podcast, is that it used to be home to a giant lead smelter. Though that smelter has been shut down for years, it left a legacy of toxic pollution that's still affecting the predominantly Black and Hispanic families who live in East Chicago today, many of whom, ironically, settled in the area about 100 years ago to work at the smelter. The former site of the smelter and its surrounding area has been one of the most acutely polluted Superfund sites in the country for years. But earlier this month, the EPA said it had finished cleaning up a large swath of the East Chicago site and that this land is now safe to redevelop. Great news, right? Well, not everyone sees it that way. Some local residents say they weren't consulted on this decision at all, and environmentalists say the pollution levels in East Chicago are still way, way too high. Bloomberg Law's Sylvia Kerrigan has been to East Chicago and has been reporting on how race and socioeconomic factors are affecting the cleanup there. She explained why residents affected by pollution often feel like the Superfund program is too top-down, and also about what a Superfund site actually is. There are lots of contaminated sites around the country, like leaky landfills or old chemical factories or uh, busy ports that have accumulated decades and decades of toxins. Um, But the worst of them need help from the federal government to get them cleaned up. And those are Superfund sites or sites on the EPA's national priorities list. They're actually called Superfund sites because there is a fund that the EPA manages and usually gets about a billion dollars a year from Congress. Give give or take, you know. About that. Um, And it pays for cleanup uh, costs at some of those sites. So the interesting thing that I saw from your story is it made me think, how do sites actually get on this list? This, I guess it's called the National Priorities List or the Superfund List. How do you get on there? Ordinary citizens can petition the EPA to designate a Superfund site. Um, Like a few years ago, there were uh, citizens and an environmental group in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, They asked the EPA to look at dioxane contamination in the groundwater. 
Um, but usually when people are concerned about uh, contamination in their community, they don't go straight to the federal government. They'll usually go to the county or the state for help. And if you're a governor, you can also ask the EPA to come take a look at what you think might be a Superfund site. Uh, in any case, however it gets proposed, the EPA does some testing, and they really get a lot of um, latitude to decide whether that location should be on the list and become a Superfund site or not. So it sounds like there is kind of um, built into the process, there's a layer of of a, of a, there's a, there's a separation between the people who live near a, a contaminated site and the Superfund program. Mm-hmm. I get the sense being put on the Superfund site is like the last resort, like only reserved for the worst of the worst sites. Ideally, yes, uh, because you would try to go through other means to get it cleaned up before going to the federal government. So let's talk about the East Chicago site. The name is a little misleading, but it's near the southern point of Lake Michigan. It's actually closer to Gary, Indiana, than it is to Chicago, Illinois. It's one of a lot of towns around the country that grew really quickly in the early 20th century because heavy industry moved in and they needed workers. Um, In East Chicago's case, the majority of people who moved to the city for those jobs were Black and Hispanic, and the population is still mostly Black and Hispanic now. One of the big industrial facilities there was a lead smelter and refinery, and it left behind this coating of lead and arsenic over the soil in the area. That sounds bad. Um, uh, And this is the U.S. Lead, is that right? Is that it's the U.S. smelter and lead refinery? Yeah, U.S. smelter and lead refinery. Um, so is that and that's been shut down since then, right? It has been. Um, it I think it closed down in the 80s or perhaps earlier, but the lead and the arsenic is still there, which is, I guess, why it this is a super fun site, correct? And it sounds like this is one of the, the I don't know, I don't want to say worse because they're all. I guess, bad in their own way. But this is a pretty severe situation, right? It is. And it's not just because of what's in the soil. It's also because they're dealing with lead in their drinking water pipe system. So they've kind of uh, been hit on a lot of different fronts with the same sort of issues. So why is it taking so long to, to clean this up? Is it something about lead and arsenic that just makes it really difficult to remediate? Or is it just an issue of funding where like they could go a lot faster if they had more money? Well, in Superfund world, everything moves pretty slowly. Even those people in Ann Arbor are still waiting for the EPA to decide whether it's going to go take a look at that groundwater plume. And even that decision is probably a few years away. Um, Unless the EPA is taking an emergency action and evacuating people, it can still take decades for a full cleanup because um, the EPA doesn't have enough money or the companies that are responsible aren't cooperating or any number of reasons. And uh, actually, in East Chicago, they did evacuate the public housing complex a few years ago because they found out how much lead was in the soil and how much was getting into kids' blood. Uh, But that was only part of the Superfund site. And people outside of that housing complex are still concerned about how much uh, lead might be in their soil at this point. Wow. And like, let's take a moment here to talk about lead itself and arsenic. I mean, I think when you hear those two terms, I mean, you you think, oh, those are bad environmental pollutants, but like, maybe you don't know why. I mean, let's talk about what that does to your body and what that does to the the, the environment in the area. I mean, that's it's not good stuff, right? It's not good. If you are growing a garden in soil that has lead, it can end up in your tomatoes. 
Um, if you're a kid and you're out playing in the dirt in front of your house and that dirt has lead in it, you might end up with lead um, affecting your neurological system. Um, there's been some studies that show that kids' IQs have been affected by lead contamination in their environment. It's pretty nasty. So I think we can all agree that lead is bad. But why are East Chicago residents saying the EPA is declaring victory too soon? We'll get to that in a second, but first we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. We are back and we're talking with Bloomberg Law's Sylvia Kerrigan about the federal government's effort to clean up East Chicago, Indiana. Sylvia says the EPA has an incentive to wrap up this project and get East Chicago off of its Superfund books. So the EPA has really been pushing to get more Superfund sites off the national priorities list as quickly as possible. Um, the agency said they're done with cleanup with at about uh, 670 residential properties at this East Chicago site. But the EPA didn't consult with the residents there before it made the proposal. Um, the agency is required to open a public comment period, but it's not required to like, go above and beyond and like send brochures in English and Spanish to every house or hold another public meeting or anything like that. It, it, does, it sounds like they don't have to go around and, and poll the residents and say, do you think we've done enough? Do you, you, know, do you think your, your community is cleaned up? They can just say... You know, we think it's cleaned up enough to based on the law and we're done and see you later. Yeah, it's a pretty passive process. I mean, I don't see a lot of people usually commenting to the EPA when there's a Superfund uh, deletion proposal. Um, EPA said they are going to put a, a notice in the local paper and send around some fact sheets, but it's not the same as going door to door and trying to really educate people about what's happening. Well, and then also, I mean, what's the procedure? Let's say there are some people who comment, although, you know, even just sort of commenting on this kind of thing can be a process in and of itself. But let's say there are a lot of people who comment from East Chicago and they say, no, we don't think you're done. We think there's a lot more to do to clean up the lead. Does the EPA have to listen to them? Well, the EPA uh, should listen to them, but it doesn't have to do what the residents ask them to do. Um, all they're required to do at that point is respond to them in writing. Uh, and they usually do that when they make their final decision. They'll include a summary of the comments that they got and uh, their response to them. So since the EPA is considering so many different factors when it's making Superfund decisions, it doesn't necessarily always side with concerned residents. Yeah. 
And I guess this is something that you've reported on a lot um, that, you know, other reporters at, at, at uh, Bloomberg have reported on about environmental justice and sort of having the communities that are affected by pollution have a say at the, you know, uh, a seat at the table to decide how the pollution gets cleaned up. And it sounds like this is one of those areas where people are saying, you know, the communities here on the ground that are exposed to lead aren't don't have a, a voice in, in the future of their of their community. My colleague Stephen Lee just uh, wrote a story about the EPA Inspector General's report that came out. Um, the Inspector General said the EPA needs to pay closer attention to environmental justice issues, um, including things like these. Uh, the EPA's response was basically that the IG's report was riddled with errors, and uh, I don't think uh, the IG's point really got across. The EPA does have uh, an Environmental Justice Advisory Council, and they are looking at Superfund, um, but we don't know yet what their conclusions are. And we should also say, I mean, maybe we should have mentioned this earlier, but the reason why Superfund is an issue for uh, environmental justice and environmental justice communities is that the vast majority, as your reporting has shown in the past, the vast majority of Superfund sites are in communities of color, low-income communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about 70% of Superfund sites are within a mile of public housing. 70%. About se That's the majority of Superfund sites. And these are uh, the worst uh, contaminated sites we have in the country. So Earth Justice released a report recently about sort of the systemic issues with that. And one of their concerns is that federal agencies are failing to notify residents about hazards in their backyard. Uh, so EPA is trying to talk more with the Department for Housing and Urban Development, things like mm -hmm. that. Um, but there's still uh, a long way to go. In fairness to the EPA here, I guess they might say, look, you know, it already takes years and years and years to clean up a Superfund site. You know, we would like to get as many people on board as we can, and we want to include everyone as much as we can. But ultimately, the more inclusive we are, the more time that takes and the the longer it takes to actually get results at the site. I don't know. Do you think there's some validity to that, uh, to that line of thinking, or is that maybe sort of like a false choice? Um, well, in the Superfund program, you really have two options for dealing with contamination. It's um, as close to it immediately as possible or a few decades from now. So, I mean, until the EPA is sort of able to bridge the gap, and they are making some changes to the cleanup process to try to do that, um, some communities may be waiting a long time for the kind of cleanup that they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately, what's next for East Chicago? You know, I, this is, I, I get the sense of proposed uh, measure by the EPA to declare these uh, properties clean. Will they be able to appeal? Will they be able to take the EPA to court if they decide, if the EPA, you know, if they think the EPA made a wrong decision? Well, the most they can do right now, uh, since the public comment period is still open, is to uh, say as loudly as they can what their concerns are. Um, <clears throat> the city of East Chicago uh, thinks that this is a good idea to take these properties off the Superfund list really? because then they'd be able to redevelop some of the abandoned or vacant lots. Um, so there's sort of pluses and minuses to this. Um, I know the city is really looking forward to redeveloping that area once it is cleaned up. Um, so there is a future there. It may just be a few years down the line. And that makes sense, I guess. I mean, having a, a you know, abandoned property or vacant property isn't good for any kind of, for anyone really. Um, but I'd have to, 
imagine I'd be a little worried that, you know, you'd be redeveloping land that is not fully cleaned up. And then what happens to the people who are, you know, have offices or homes on the land. And then, you know, I could see a scenario where like 30 years down the road, they're like, oh, actually, there's still a lot of lead here. You know, is that is that something that's ever happened before in a super fun site? Well, the EPA does say that when they take a site off the list, that doesn't mean that they can't go back in there and do more cleanup work. They do have the option to uh, return if they find some reason why there needs to be more uh, cleanup work done. Um, but that's pretty rare. And uh, the EPA might not want to look like it made a mistake by stepping away too soon. That's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check out our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergenvironment.com. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself and Josh Block. Parts Per Billion was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Stalker by Vincent Leibovitz. They were used under a Creative Commons license. Thanks for listening, everyone. The killers of Berta Caceres had every reason to believe they'd get away with murder. Her work as an environmental activist won her the admiration of celebrities in California, politicians in Washington, and the indigenous communities she worked alongside in Honduras. It also earned her powerful enemies. On a new podcast from Bloomberg Green, Blood River follows a four-year quest to find Berta Caceres' killers. Join journalist Monty Real and the team from Bloomberg Green as they untangle false leads and mishandled evidence, taking listeners deep into a sector of international development that's marked by high-level corruption and rampant violence. Blood River debuts Monday, July 27th on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business. From liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.